What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast. I'm your host, Chad Wright. Now strap on your big boy and girl panties because we're about to dig in to all things body, soul, and spirit. Enough said. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another comms check with me, Chad. Hey, uh... I don't know where we're going to go with this comms check today. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things that, have, that, that are on my heart just recently. Um, and, you know, this is what the comms check is all about, right? It's to keep the lines of communication open between me and you guys, the Body of 37 Project. So let's just have fun with it. First of all, this comms check is brought to you by Wazoo Survival Gear. I know you guys have heard me talk about Wazoo. I think so far we've talked about their cash cap. Uh, we've talked about the Bushcraft necklace. Um, the other thing that we'll talk about today that I wear on a daily basis is the cash belt. So this is a belt. It's a really nice belt, like a rigger's belt almost, that actually has an internal pocket that runs the length of the belt. Now, Wazoo makes kits of... These kits have all sorts of different things that you that would come in handy out in the wilderness in a survival situation. And everything in that, that little adventure kit is made to fit into the cash belt, okay, into that internal pocket. Uh, the cash cap works the same way. You can store stuff in your actual ball cap. Now, things that come in this these, these adventure kits or these EDC kits – uh, the components that you can carry in your cash belt or your cash cap. I mean, it's it's up to your imagination. It's pretty limitless what you could put in there as long as it wasn't too heavy or bulky. But in the kits Wazoo makes, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Little zip ties, fishing line, uh, hook, little hooks, sinkers. Uh, there's cordage in there. There is a little ceramic folding razor blade that's a really, really handy tool um, there's uh, look, I'll have to bust one out one day. We'll go over the components of the adventure kit. Maybe the next time we do a promo for Wazoo and I'll tell you how I've used each of those components, uh, in different situations out in the wilderness. But anyways, check out the cash belt, check out Wazoo survival gear, period. These are awesome dudes, Dustin and Nick. They've been on the podcast before. They've got an awesome company, very innovative, very practical, uh, products that we use every day especially out on the basic course and doing the things that we do i saw right now on their instagram page uh wazoo survival gear they're doing a hundred dollar giveaway yeah hundred dollar gift card giveaway uh you guys go and read the details on their instagram page it's one of their most recent posts one of their most recent posts not posts um where you can figure out how to enter for this hundred dollar gift card to wazoo survival gear um, also they've given us a pro code for you guys as 37 podcast listeners is 20 percent off all their products pro code is three of seven that's all caps the number three of the number seven website is wazoo survival gear.com we appreciate you guys wazoo for pouring into everything that we do and for providing the awesome products for us to use in our day-to-day -day lives because they work, and we believe in these products. Oh, they're all 100% made in America, by the way. Yeah, everything. 
everything is 100% made in America. That's important to us and is actually a requirement to be an advertiser on the 3 of 7 podcast. So Wazoo is one of the few companies that fits that bill. All right, guys, enough for the housekeeping. Let's dig into the content for today's comms check. Now, we're going to eventually tie all this back into Scripture, all right? So let me just tell you what I did yesterday. I spent the day yesterday with family members and old friends that I don't get to see that often. We spent the whole day squirrel hunting. <laughs> and and this is this is kind of a part of me that, you know, I don't publicize it on social media, um, whatever. You know, hunting has is, is been a part of my life since I was very, very little. The interesting thing is, uh, it's it's been it's been wild watching what hunting has become, right? Especially in recent years, because the way that we were raised, and even to this day, the way that we still hunt, it, it might be for different reasons than what you guys see. Uh, portrayed in especially social media and on TV and all this stuff, right? So no matter where you stand with hunting, there's a few reasons why it's still a big part of my life. You know, and, and one of the biggest, I would say, is I've ex- I experience nature in a very unique way while hunting. And it's a really an unmatched connection. Um, there's no better way to get to learn about the land, to get to learn about the environment, to get to learn about the animals, uh, plant life, all aspects of the components of what we call nature. I've spent thousands of hours probably thousands yeah yeah i'd say i would say it'd be thousands of hours running or hiking you know out in the wilderness but when you are moving through the wilderness when you are moving down the trail it's hard for me to describe this i i i, I sense it and I, it's almost like i can see it a lot of times when you're moving through a wilderness environment moving through the woods, you actually have a bubble of disturbance that is surrounding you. To me, it's tied to energy, right? It's like a bubble of disturbed energy that's surrounding you as you're moving through nature. You know, nature moves at a different pace than we move at as human beings. And... For me personally, I don't feel like I really experience the wilderness and creation while I'm out there running or moving or performing some task. I don't experience it the same way that I experience it when I'm hunting. And here's the thing. When when I stop, when I'm in the woods for the purpose of hunting, and I stop, that bubble of disturbance 
shrinks down and it eventually goes away. And then nature and all the components of it come alive and start to function in their normal state, their undisturbed state. And I get to watch that unfold. It's a very unique, unique feeling and might be hard for some of you to understand, but I experience it in a very real way. Now, other reasons that we hunt is because probably the second biggest reason is the fellowship or the camaraderie. For instance, yesterday on our squirrel hunt, we at one time, my wife was out there, multiple friends, my brother, I had my three-year-old niece on my shoulders 80% of the hunt because she couldn't walk up some of the mountains that we were traversing. Um, And we just spend, we set aside and spend an entire day to fellowship with one another in God's creation. And it's it's really not about um, taking an animal's life or harvesting an animal. That's not that's not the most rewarding part of it, right? Now, I feel like that whole scene, the whole hunting scene that's being portrayed on social media and television by some of these major influencers, uh, whoever it is, Cameron Haynes or or Joe Rogan or any of these guys, right? I don't I don't know them personally. I just kind of see little snippets or people will send me stuff from them here and there. And, and it seems like the whole hunting scene has become, look at me and my big trophy elk or animal and look at, look at what I did and, and look at my flashy new bow and arrow and, and all this great equipment and look how good uh, I did at killing this animal and look at all this meat that I have. And like, that doesn't resonate with me. When, when we were squirrel hunting yesterday in our <laughs> with our with our group we were literally carrying weapons we were carrying weapons that were decades old some of these weapons that we were carrying these shotguns were 30 40 50 years old that were handed down uh, through generations and it's that's the heritage aspect of it right it's it's not for us. It's not about the flashy gear. It's not about all the new technology. It, the the meat that we harvest when we're out hunting, who whoever is whoever's part of the the mission, whoever's part of the hunt, we split that up amongst us evenly, right? So the person that that harvests the meat that actually takes the animal, we we don't hoard that all to ourselves that's not yours that's part of it's part of the it's, it's divvied up amongst the group it's like i say it's a fellowship thing man and you know that's part of the that's a big part of the reason why we do it it's it's not about look at look at this big trophy animal for us anyways why am i even talking about this i hope you guys have bared with me I'm not trying to convince you that hunting is right or wrong, or I, I really don't care where you stand on it. To be totally bluntly honest with you, um, 
it has enhanced my life and the experiences. Some of the best memories that I have with people that I love and care about have been out in the field hunting together. And sorry, I, you just can't convince me that, uh, that first of all, God's word tells us it's okay. Go, kill, and eat. Right? So that's one. And the second is you look at the fruits of it, the fellowship, the, the friendships, the memories that are all created out in that environment, partaking in that activity. How does this even tie into what I want to talk about on today's comms check? Well, there's something that's been, uh, there's a verse that really popped into my head last night. And we hit it briefly on Resurrected last night. Blake did Resurrected for our Patreon members last night. Resurrected is a, uh, a weekly Sunday night live meeting that we do online uh, where I do one week, Blake does another week, Nathan does another week, and it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. But last night was Blake's, but I opened up with something that was on my heart, and it was uh, Scripture, 2 Timothy. And the Scripture says, uh, this is Paul talking to Timothy, but, you know, this is for us, this is for us equally. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, his appearing, and his kingdom. Preach the word. This is what I want you to hear. Starting in verse 2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready in season and out of season. And this this makes sense to me, man. And this is why I opened up the comms check talking about the part of my life that is hunting be ready in season and out of season really makes sense to me because this is what we do as hunters. We, When the season is in, we are actually doing work. We're doing what we love to do. But when the season is out, we are spending hours and hours every week preparing for when the season is in. So we're, 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 we're ready we try to be ready in season and out of season. Out of season, we're getting ready for the season by improving the environment, creating creating habitat, food sources, uh, resources, creating all the things that the animals need to thrive on the property that we have to enjoy. So we're tirelessly working in season and out of season in order to foster an, an environment or, inhab- or a habitat that is uh, optimal for the game, not only the game animals, but really all the animals in that area. It's all interconnected. So this verse really makes sense to me, and I want to give you guys an example of a time in my life where I was not ready in season and uh, and then also a time recent experience where I realized well okay this is what it feels like to be ready all right now being ready being ready we talked a little bit about preparedness and 
being ready means that you you are prepared. And when you find yourself in a situation where you have to execute some sort of duty, you're prepared to do that. That's what it means to me anyways, off the top of my head. So I can remember back in my first platoon as a SEAL, I had uh, every new guy, when you show up to a SEAL platoon, you get assigned a, we call it a sea daddy. You basically get paired up with a seasoned operator, a seasoned SEAL. So they paired me up, a new guy with a seasoned operator named Jake Hubman. And Jake Hubman was my sea daddy. And Jake mentored me. He taught me the ways of war. He taught me what it was to be a SEAL, an operator. Uh, he taught me all aspects of the things that I needed to learn in order to save my life in the coming years because he knew. He had, he had done multiple deployments. He had been on active duty as an operator in a SEAL platoon for uh, over a decade at that point. And so he really poured into me, man. He, he gave me, he, he, he mentored me uh, in, in all aspects. And he gave me tough love too, man. I mean, I remember one time doing um, urban, these urban combat drills. I was, I, I had a, I always carried a Mark 46 belt fed machine gun. It's a 5.56 caliber belt fed machine gun. And I remember after a run one time, you know, we were we were smoked and we were sitting around doing our after actions report. And he looked over and I had my machine gun. It was pointed in a safe direction and all this and that, but I had forgot to switch the safety selector to safe. And so it was sitting there um, off safe. And Jake saw that because it was his job to pay attention to my performance and to mentor me. And he saw that. And man, he he gave me some tough love, right? And I had to run from our barracks to the range, which was probably four or five miles every day for the next week. Instead of getting a ride with everyone else, I had to run with all my gear from where we were sleeping to where we were going to work that day, whatever range we were going to be on. So I had to pay the man, right? And Jake made sure that happened. But he did it in a loving way because, guess what? He ran with me every one of those days. He didn't just tell me I had to do it. He ran with me to the range every day. It was my punishment. But he took his job so seriously he took so much ownership over it. I think that he probably felt in a way that me not putting that weapon on safe was in a way partly his failure uh, as my mentor. And so he ran every one of those miles with me. That's an example of leadership, right? In my opinion, anyways. So, Jake, we, we go through uh, our first platoon deployment together and become, obviously, fast 
friends and brothers, and uh, we get off of that, and, you know, Jake starts struggling with some stuff. Some stuff starts coming to the surface in his own personal life, and we didn't know what really what was going on. And to be honest with you, back then, I felt like I was, this sounds terrible, but even as close as we were, I almost felt like I was too busy to, to really slow down enough and care. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, right? I, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have a relationship with my Creator. Uh, I didn't. I, I knew how to be a good operator and and do my job, but I hadn't really learned how to how to be a good. It wasn't really a good human being at all. Just to be straight up, will you? And so Jake gets pulled out of the platoon, and we start training for our second deployment. And I don't know what what's going on with Jake, and we're just rolling, man. And we go out to Fallon, Nevada, to do some mobility training. And um, I, I think it was at the tail end of the training, we were getting ready to fly out the next day, and we're flying out of, I think we were flying out of Reno, and we were staying in this casino there, and I, I was just hanging out up in my room that night, and my chief comes and knocks on my door and uh, tells me, walks in and tells me that Jake had just taken his life while we were, you know, while we were gone. And so we get back off that training trip. Jake's gone. Nobody really knows why, but he's gone. And I, because Jake was my sea daddy, I had the duty of uh, cleaning out his locker for him. So I go down and start taking all of his gear out of his locker, inventorying it and packing it up. And it's like a big cage. It's not like a little locker, guys. It's like a big cage you can put tons and tons of stuff in there and I get down kind of to the bottom of the the, the cage and I'm opening kind of some of his personal boxes and he's I pull out like four or five bibles out of his gear and I'm like you know that's weird man I like to say I didn't know Jesus I didn't ha- but I didn't have to. Kind of what it struck me, like this man was searching for something. He was hurting inside really, really bad. And he was searching for something. And he he never found it. It was it was too late. Now, if I would have known back then what I know now, if I would have been ready like God's Word asked me to do in season and out of season, possibly I could have told Jake, 
I could have helped him find what he was searching for. Maybe I would have paid a little more attention. Maybe what maybe I would have been a little more mindful of the situation. But that's what it's like to not be ready. Um Yeah, sorry guys. This is a hard story for me to tell. That's what it's like to not be ready. And fast forward We'll, we'll just fast forward now. I got to spend some time with a good friend not long ago. And shortly after we spend that time together, he sends me a message. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know where my, I didn't necessarily know the details of, of where my friend was at in his own personal life, but had a little insight that he was struggling in some way, shape, or form. And we get done, and a few days later, my friend sends me a message that says, Hey, man, I had been thinking about taking my life for every day for a long time now. But since we spent that time together, everything has changed. Everything has changed, and I'm in, I'm in a much better place. Now, nowadays, I am ready, right? I have a relationship with my creator. I have, I have a source of wisdom that is God's word that I can share with others. I have resources that I can lean on in order to pour into others. So you, you never know the impact that you're actually making, you'll probably never know the total impact that you've made because when you're ready in season and out of season, you, you, you're you hopefully going to be impacting people's lives when you don't even realize that you're doing it. And that's essentially what happened to me with this most recent example. And that was almost like, and he didn't know that, but when he sent me that message, it was almost like some level of redemption for me. It was almost like I failed my brother a long time ago because I chose not to be ready in season and out of season. I chose to ignore But now I choose to be ready. Now I choose to be a light. Now I choose to speak about my faith and the lessons that I've learned in life with boldness. And um, and now you can, in in a way, say I helped potentially save a life. That's why this is so important to me. Now, I know this is, all right, so that's where I'm at, right? Now, now another thing I want to tie into this real quick is I think we get stuck in a place a lot of times as servants of Christ 
maybe as as even new Christians or or even seasoned Christians, people that have learned to lean on Jesus, to lean on God's word, uh, people that have have a relationship with Christ, right? A lot of times, I think we get stuck in a place where we think that our faith in Jesus, our faith, that faith that Christ is supplying to us, we can't believe in him uh, without him supplying that faith. The Bible says every man was given a measure of faith. How selfish is it of us to think that 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 faith, that companionship that we have with Jesus, how selfish is it of us to think that that's only for us, that that is only being supplied for our own benefit? Think about that, guys. Have you ever thought that that gift that you have, the gift of being in companionship with your creator might be for a purpose that's bigger than just you and your life? Well, I can tell you right now it is. And I can tell you right now it's good for us at some points to check ourselves to stop thinking like individuals and to stop thinking that the only reason, the only purpose that our faith in Christ, the only purpose that it serves is to benefit us in our own lives, in our own mindsets, in our own spirits because it is much bigger than you. So, I charge you, just as Paul charged Timothy, to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. It's pretty easy when it's in season. It's pretty easy when the the mission is clearly laying before your face. It's pretty easy when you're in season, when you're in a place in life where you are forced to be dependent on God, whether you're sick whether you're down, whether you're broken, whatever it is, it's it's easy in those times, right? To say, "All right, we're ready now. We're ready to to get right in our relationship with our creator." But out of season, when the mission parameters may not be clear, when everything's going good, when when there's really There's really no reason for you to call upon the name of the Lord. It's easy to get lukewarm. It's easy to all of a sudden find yourself in a position where you're not ready. And it may make an eternal impact in a very negative manner. For the time will come when they, other humans, will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth 
and be turned aside to fables. I just read you verses 3 and 4 preceding verse 2 that we have been talking about for the last 20 minutes. You know, when we first started 3 of 7 Project, when we first started this podcast, we had a lot of people advising us that uh, we need to ease up on our spiritual beliefs. We need to ease up on all this Jesus talk, right? Well, it's actually a testament to the power of God that everything, this podcast, the basic course, the proving grounds, everything that we've done, everything that God has led us to do, everything that we've executed on, has been so successful. That's actually a a testimony. Because I feel like we are nearing a place in society where the majority can can no longer endure sound doctrine. But they want to hear things that are going to tickle their ears. So they heap up for themselves teachers that are telling them what they want to hear. And they actually turn away from the truth and would rather believe in fables, right? I think you guys can identify that happening. I've made a promise to y'all that I, I will never tell you what I think you want to hear. I will only tell you what I believe you need to hear. All right? And that's my promise to all of you guys, is to never, never put something out just because I think it's going to tickle your ears. As a matter of fact, our whole business structure is designed in a way uh, that, that that is not necessarily there to tickle your ears, right? And that's what's so interesting about how how far this podcast, this 307 podcast, the reach of it, right? And it's it's largely dependent on you guys. You guys telling friends, you guys sharing it on social media, you guys um, just putting the word out. You know, it's such a blessing. Anyways, guys, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. A lot of times we float through life and we feel like there's no clear direction. We feel like there's no clear mission for our lives. We feel like there's no clear calling for our lives. We feel like there's no purpose. As Christians, we, we feel like this a lot of times. But we can go here in this few verses and we can see multiple, multiple callings on our life. First being, preach the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be ready in season and out of season. When things are going good, there are things that you can be doing 
in order to be ready when the season comes in, when it's time to go to work. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Be a teacher. All right? Be watchful, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Here's a very clear calling that we can all lean on in times that we feel like there is no direction to our lives. In between careers, in between relationships, in between whatever, there's there's a clear purpose here. All right, guys, I think that's all I got for you today. Mm. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this comms check. I know it was very uh, kind of different than most of the conversations that we have as comms checks, right? But I just wanted to dig in with this and share these thoughts with you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please share this with somebody that might need to hear it. Please share this on social media. Please leave us a review on iTunes. We would really greatly appreciate it. Not for our own sakes, but it helps get the word out, which is the ultimate goal. It's not for our own profit. It's not for our own glory. It's not for our own pride because we want this to get into the ears of people that might benefit from it. And that happens because you guys, the body of this podcast and of 3 of 7 Project, pour into it. Thanks, guys. Enough said.